Second Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10a. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Mm. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Man, so we got a lot going on in these six verses, mm-hmm. um, or six and a half, however you cut, 10a. Um, and so uh, Jeremy Brooks with me today again. And uh, let's jump into it. You know, we we have these this kind of lineup of God's record of justice keeping. That's right. Yeah, we got the fallen angels, very clear, um, non question evoking topic. Mm-hmm. We have um, the flood. We have Sodom and Gomorrah uh, with righteous Lot, which is really interesting, and. Uh, through all these, you know, and we can press into these some, but regardless of sort of this like twisty, turny road through the Old Testament that we take, uh, we land in verse nine, which is Peter's point, which is a really powerful one, especially to this Roman Empire uh, existing church um, that is under persecution and trials, which is that this is the point. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. Mm -hmm. I love that. God knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He knows how to rescue righteous people under trials. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, what a word. And he also knows how to punish uh, those who hate righteousness, Mm -hmm. and especially those who indulge in defiling passion and despise authority. Whoa, what a word. Yeah, which is a very interesting what like, a word. two things yep. that he's like, yep. you know, and this obviously seems like he's connecting this back to like yesterday, you know, the false teachers that are going to invade the church and seek to dismantle the church from the inside as mm-hmm. well as the like, obviously the evils that are happening like from the outside. Yep. Um, but it's this, there's like two things going on. There's the, there's an internal like, passion that they're slaves to absolutely and they're not they're not resisting at all you know just giving themselves to that um you know uses the word like indulge in and but then there's also this like kind of external looking thing of like the the despising of authority mm. which that's like an interesting one to think through like it's a really interesting you know point like that he the, makes. the authority of god yeah. probably at least right um but i mean ultimately the authority of god i think is, is what he's getting at there especially through his his word. I mean, what's? Mm-hmm. I mean, that does make sense. Like those who would use something like what God has said for their own greed, mm-hmm. um, for their own passions, for the exploitation of God's people, 
Mm-hmm. Certainly there is a great despising of authority, of God's authority in, in those actions. So um, the other little note, you know, the righteous lot thing you mentioned, it just reminded me of the Abraham story, you know, when yeah. Abraham was interceding with mm-hmm. with God and he was like, Lord, like, what if there was, you know, he goes all the way down from like, was it 50 maybe or 100 starts, but he, he goes all the way down to one. What if there's just one righteous person mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in Sodom and Gomorrah? Would you spare them? And and the Lord says yes, and obviously that ends up being Lot. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting just reminder mm-hmm. of what's going on there. But you know, I think there's an interesting note to be made about Lot and about his righteousness. Mm-hmm. Cause you wouldn't like you don't see a bunch of kids running around covenant kids named Lot. <laughs> He's not our typical right. like paradigm of, you know, like you might see some Caleb's, some like Jeremiah's, Jeremiah Brooks even. Uh, you know, some Joshua, some Joshua's, uh, even, you know, I know some, some Moses and Noah's, um, you don't see a lot of lots Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, maybe a, because it's a less pretty name in the English, but, but I think also like he, he's a little shady, Uh, you know, he lives, uh, him and Abraham, you know, they have a big herds and so they kind of got to split up and lot kind of asks for and takes the better portion for himself which is this really uh prosperous valley with this awesome uh you know kind of city network called Sodom and Gomorrah mm-hmm. and uh he lives in the town square uh which kind of denotes some idea of authority and and uh participation and wealth and then after god rescues lot out of Sodom and destroys it um, you know, his wife looks back, turns to a pillar of salt, uh, as the scriptures go. And then uh, there's a really, really, really gross, weird story involving Lot and his daughters that mm-hmm. happens thereafter, um, where, you know, you don't think of Lot as like this ideal righteous figure. Mm-hmm. And I think even here, what we can kind of see is uh a righteousness that sort of transcends our failures and it's, it's sort of like a state of righteousness that Mm -hmm. lot is in. And I really like this, uh, this language that Peter used. It says that, you know, he lived among them day after day that as he did, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. And I think many of us in different capacities um, who have, you know, we, we've put ourselves in unwise and, and bad places, uh, while we still like hold this, this grain of, of righteousness mm-hmm. inwardly that God has granted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this self tormenting mm-hmm. that happens. So mm-hmm. I find that really interesting that it's like this righteousness that, uh, people both participate in, uh, but also that, uh, it's it's this state that they are in, mm-hmm. um, and that that we are in, as you know, new covenant believers. And I love that through all of that, the point that Peter is drawing out, as I said, is this verse nine, that for the righteous, even in the most uh, unrighteous of settings, God knows how to rescue, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's just powerful language. He knows how, mm-hmm. and he has time and time again. And he will, yeah. and uh, and that he he is a god of justice, and I think that that is is a a really powerful word for us. I don't know if you have any thoughts on 
God's competence to rescue from rescue the godly from trials. Mm. I was just thinking about like, you know, he's going into like, yeah, like you said, this detail of what Lot was probably experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that as the readers at this time were hearing that their, their souls themselves were probably being tormented where where they were and the things that they were seeing and hearing. Um, And that can be a, a despairing place. Um, But yeah, he's just, like you said, reaffirming the Lord knows, the Lord knows how. Mm. Um, he doesn't just know that it's going on. He knows how to rescue. Um, but he also is pointing us to a, in a lot of scriptures this way, like I think sometimes we wonder like, how do we, how do we live in light of like the second coming? How do we live in light of like the day of judgment? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't live in fear um, yep. that evil will triumph, that you will one day God's going to, really be like you know what you thought you were in but like i knew about this struggle that you had you know Mm -hmm. um if you are repentant and reliant on the lord we all fail in different ways but the lord sees you as righteous because of the blood of jesus not because of your actions not because you did it right every single way and so just take confidence that he will preserve the righteous Mm -hmm. you are righteous because of jesus and living in light of the future means like continuing to reject the things that are obviously displeasing to him and in trusting in him um and Mm -hmm. he and he but living in light of the long game you know there you may not see that day Mm -hmm. and so that's i think we need to be just prepared for that yeah amen i uh i was reminded of these lyrics from uh the old hymn i've decided to follow jesus Mm. great one and uh you know the last line is the world behind me the cross before me or the last verse the world behind me the cross before me no turning back, no turning back. And I, I love the posture that that demonstrates of the the chaos, the darkness, the pain of the world. Uh, as believers, even though it, it uh, afflicts us, it is, it's behind us. Mm-hmm. And what lies ahead of us is this, this glorious reconciliation and yeah. restoration. That's good. Uh, and this knowledge that God, God still knows how to rescue. Mm-hmm. So we can, Take hope in that. Man, well, another great word in Second Peter, and we're going to keep on keeping on through this letter from Peter to the believers uh, throughout the Roman Empire. Um, so for the great Jeremy Brooks, the author of The Inevitability of God, uh, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.